Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. It's time for the NRL Round 20 preview. Women in league round. Great round to celebrate all the women, not just in the game, but in our lives as well. And look, there's been a lot happening over the last week. This one coming out a bit later in the week. I was going to record it on Tuesday. Uh, It's just been a massive drainer. Massively draining few days to be honest a lot going on and I just thought I'd cool down a little bit uh, just so that I don't come on and say anything maybe that I will want to take back so I'm not going to go too hard on this but very disappointing it very disappointing and I think Manly the timing of it was not good they did it during women in league round I can see the thinking behind it, but I think ultimately it was kind of just like a marketing, marketing scheme. Like, I I don't know. I just felt like it could have been done so much better. They should have consulted the players. And look, I'll say straight off the bat, like I disagree with the players stance totally, um, totally the opposite view, but I will respect their choice that yeah, they weren't consulted. And whilst I disagree with their decision, um, I'm not going to attack them. I'm here. This is an inclusive podcast. So whilst I disagree, I look, they've been ostracized already. They're out of this game. There's been a lot of people attacking them. And again, I don't agree with them. But in the bigger picture, I would love to see a scenario where everyone wins or at least, I don't know, just the whole way this went down. Uh, yeah, just, uh, it was massively draining. Like a lot of the best people in my life are gay and there are plenty of people in my life that have the best people in my life as well, who are religious, plenty of Pacific Island friends as well. So I do understand the religious nature. Um, but yeah, it is just, it was a drainer. Like, as I said, a lot of the gay people in my life and yeah, I, I know people who at times, like, I didn't even realize they were gay until they told me. And so it's, yeah, you don't actually know. You really don't know. There will be people around you, no doubt, who are gay, and you'll have no idea. So do be careful if you are going really hard at people of that nature, because you never know. There might be someone, and there probably is someone close to you. Uh, who you could be hurting more than you realize. So definitely something to think about. And you've got to be naive if you think there are no gay players in the NRL. Like, it's not something we often think about, but you're kidding yourself. You're truly kidding yourself. It's been confirmed. Even on NRL 360, like, there's knowledge that there are gay NRL players. It's just a thing. So again, you don't know. Some of your favorite players in the NRL could be gay. So just, again, think about that. And yeah, I'm not one to bring political things to the table, but in my mind, this is more of a human rights issue. 
and standpoint. And then, yeah, it's just, a, it is a minefield uh, because, yeah, it's, they're two very big things. Like these Pacific Island players, religion is such an integral part of their life. Like a lot of their life revolves around their religion. So that's that's something as well. Like it, it does work both ways. So I want to be inclusive to everyone. But where I stand, I don't agree with the seven, but I respect their decision to choose and the way it was handled by Manly with the lack of consultation, although people would argue you shouldn't need to consult them. But again, like the Pacific Island boys, their religion is everything to them. In a lot of cases, it is all that they know. And this, as far as the actual seven players named, this for me, it just, it's so much bigger than these seven guys. They've just kind of been made the face of it when that I don't think was their intention. And it would have been nice if Manly had handled this properly and if there had been discussions, if they had brought Ian Roberts in and at least just given them education. They probably still would have said no as well. But yeah, I just, yeah, it's the whole way it has gone down for everyone especially women in league ground it's taken the focus away from women in league it's hurt a lot of gay people and lgbtqa plus uh, people of that community has hurt a lot of them has shown anyone who may be in the closet shut up phone who may be you know thinking about hey can i be my true self around my friends and family well now anyone who's thinking that way, maybe seeing, okay, the NRL isn't for me. Like this, this isn't a place where I am welcome. So yeah, it, it's been, it's been a wild few days, no doubt. And we did see there was an article as well. There is a young player at Manly who wasn't named, who is gay, but closeted and felt like these guys would have accepted him. But now Basically, the vibe is like there are a large portion of this side, this first team that he is hoping to eventually break into that, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's pretty fucked. And again, it's, they should have been consulted, the seven players. And I think it is really unfortunate that they've kind of been made the face of this when this is so much bigger than just them like religion is such a major thing in so many people's lives and just in the world in general even if you aren't religious and ah oh, yeah it's just been fucked to be honest and then you hear about the young gay manly player and it just sucks for him as well and anyone in that nature like as i said there would be definitely be a lot of not like you know, the whole game's not gay, but there are absolutely gay players in the NRL. And for them now, yeah, it's for them, it's kind of a sign as well that whatever way, if they do come out, it's going to be such a huge thing when it would be nice if it could just not be a thing, if it could be an easy thing and just like an okay, cool, like, and then move forward. But unfortunately, it's not. And yeah, it's, I heard one point, like, why don't they have like a farmer's round or whatever? There's a lot of suicide rates with farmers. And I was like, that's a fair point. We could definitely have a farmer's round. Like the intention behind that 
is good. But I think the difference with like a pride round comparatively to a farmer's round is identity. And a farmer doesn't have to worry if they tell their friends and family and society, like, I am a farmer. That is, I'm a farmer. Whereas people in the LGBTQA plus community, um, like they, ha they can't be their true selves and show their identity. So the suicide rates are astronomical and even they get assaulted on the regular, killed in many countries. And again, there's like that religious thing. So as I said, like this is so much bigger than not just the Manly Seven, but also me. Like this is so much bigger than me. I'm not really the person to be giving much of an opinion on this, but I just thought there's been a lot going on. I heard Paul Kent on NRL 360 use the term woke left, which I just found funny because I was like, he works for News Corp. So um, yeah, like it's always going to be right leaning. Although it's interesting. I was hearing a lot of different debates around the game, but yeah, seems like, you know, divide and conquer. And at the moment, there is a lot of divide, hopefully. I mean, it's been a really tough conversation on all sides, but hopefully, you know, at least lessons have been learned on how maybe this could be approached in the future. And of course, the importance of notifying Pacific Island players and religious players and just having more of a dialogue to reach something, something better than what's gone on in the last few days. So look, there was a lack of consultation. Manly have apologized for that. The seven players have pulled out. I respect their right to choose um, and respect to all the Manly 17 that are taking the field tonight. Respect to Trent Robinson for his stance, Des and Daily Cherry Evans as well. And ultimately, I guess we get on to the footy now, so plenty happening in that regard. Let's get on to something a bit silly, okay? Let's get on to Kevin Proctor. Sacked for vaping. Sacked for vaping. That is a new one. I guess it is a bad look, but in an article, which I was also like, wow, personal, apparently he's having a marriage breakdown. So yeah, sorry to go a bit Women's Weekly on you there, but he's having a marriage breakdown. So honestly, vaping is not the worst coping mechanism. And yeah, like what is going on when you can get sacked for vaping? Gold Coast Titans, that's classic bottom of the ladder kind of behavior. I don't know. I feel like if that happened, like I guess would it happen at one of the top teams? It doesn't really but sacked for vaping, Kevin Proctor. So, look, he picked the right week to do it. It's kind of flown under the radar, but premium silliness from Kevin Proctor, a New Zealand international, and he went to the Gold Coast Titans. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. But look, if he's going through a marriage breakdown, vaping, it's not the worst coping mechanism. Also overshadowed by a lot of what's been going on, West Tigers absolutely robbed. Look, many outlets have already spoken about this, so I'll just give my two cents. Has technology gone too far? Maybe. But I guess people will be up in arms. Like, if you just start calling things as you see them from the referee, there are going to be, you know, couch 
expert wizards who chop up footage and they're like, no, this was actually a no try. And then people will be outraged. So it is very hard to please everyone. Unfortunately, it's happened to the West Tigers in a game where they absolutely deserve to win. But um, for, like the talk of giving the Tigers the two points back, I'll say this as a Warriors fan, who we are, you know, pretty much in Tigersville ourselves. We're the same kind of vibe. I, I think I'd just move on. I, I think at this point, does it matter? For the Tigers, probably. They are in the wooden spoon battle. But uh, yeah, it's just more the NRL and the bunker as a whole. And I don't have the brain space or energy. That's the thing. It's so many different things coming at us this week. Kevin Proctor vaping was my favorite. You had the pride fiasco. The Tigers robbed. And I was like, wow, I can't take on any bunker chat at the moment. Or judiciary. Like Dale Finucane suspended for a head clash. Reckless intent. Like too many cans of worms this week. That's why it took me to uh, Thursday to actually start recording. And David Nofaluma to the Storm on a loan deal. Plenty of chat around that as well. I actually don't mind it. And for the Tigers, this could be really good. They'll get David Nofaluma to the Storm. He'll learn a few things within that system. And he's going to come back to the Tigers a better player. So interesting to see that development. But excited as well. It's Women in League Round 2. Don't forget about your mums, sisters, partners, daughters... Every woman in your life, even the ones not in your life, just fucking be a good cunt this week. To everyone. But it's women in league round, so make sure to be an extra good cunt to the ladies in your life. NRLW back soon as well. Really keen for that. It gets better every single season. So I'll be covering that in some form. Maybe not podcast. It might be graphic content over on the Instagram at not just a sports report. But I'll let you know. Stay posted on that. And of course, we've got eight games. The finals race is well and truly on with six games left. You've got the manly situation and the timing of it, given that this is the biggest game of their season and a lot of teams around that competition and especially the ones just outside the top eight. It's game on. It is the final third of the season. It is business time. And before I jump into this weekend's podcast, I'm just going to have a quick suss of the ladder. As I said, I've been drained. So much shit going on this week. So I haven't had a proper chance to fix, fix my beady little eagle eye on the ladder. Let's start from the bottom. We've got the Tigers. Could have definitely done with that two points. FML classic bunker. 15th, the Gold Coast Titans. You've got senior players vaping, a disastrous season. 14th, the Knights. Also a pretty bad season, but to be honest, a lot of people, including myself, were expecting them to be around there. I had them 13th, so there you go. I'll tell you who are 13th, though. My side, the Warriors. Uh, Some interesting memories this year. Definitely the one I went to, the 70-10 On Anzac Day, that one kind of etched into my mind. And you look at the bottom of the ladder, Michael Maguire, he's been sacked. Uh, Warriors, Nathan Brown sacked. You go to 12th place, the Bulldogs, Trent Barrett gone. Mick Potter, he's got the Bulldogs above the Warriors. Blimey. Bulldogs 12th. Bulldogs 12th, hell yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. 
Then in 11th, you've got the Dragons. So this is where the finals race is. There are two wins between 7th and then those four teams. So I think, unless like the Storm have a really bad slip up or the Eels, who you could say are going to lose against Penrith this weekend. I'll get to that later though. Um, but for these three sides out of the eight and the Roosters, they could potentially only be vying for that one spot in the eight. So it is absolutely crunch time. In 11th on 20 points with the worst for and against, you have the Dragons, who they've just sacked their assistant coaches. I don't know. It's What the fuck is going on there? I think Anthony Griffin, just give the man his chance. And if you're going to sack him, do it at the end of the season. But uh, I don't know what's going on with the Dragons, but they are still a chance to make the top eight. A huge reason, their captain, Ben Hunt. Then in 10th, you have the Raiders, also on 20 points. They play the Titans this weekend on the Gold Coast. That's going to be interesting. 9th and 8th, both on 20 points. Manly Seagulls and the Roosters. Huge, huge. That has not been lost on me in all of this. The significance of this for Manly's season... It's been wild. This has been so wild. It just came out of nowhere. And yeah, what what the hell? So 8th and 9th, Roosters, Seagulls. Then in 7th, 6th and 5th, all on 24 points, you've got Eels, Rabbitohs and the Storm, who are sliding badly at the moment. Then the top four, both on 26 points in 3rd and 4th, Sharks and Broncos, both having phenomenal seasons then in second two points clear of the sharks and broncos the cowboys after some bunker fuckery sitting in second place but they well and truly deserve that position and first on 36 points the penrith panthers way ahead of the rest of the competition but they are in the game of the round for round 20 and with that being said, I've yawned for a little bit, so now let's actually get in to the games. This is round 20, not just a sports report, NRL weekly preview. On to the Thursday night game, ninth placed Manly Seagulls hosting the Roosters. That is tonight. And yeah, as I said, it's a really interesting timing losing seven gun players, regardless of how we all feel about this situation as a whole. They are all very key players. But we do have a very interesting Manly 17 as well. Their spine is the same, and it's the most crucial game of the season for both sides. For Manly, they've got their backs against the wall. For the Roosters, very deserved favourites in this one, as they are hitting form in the right time, Smashing the Knights last time out, but for Manly, they weren't so lucky. They lost to the Dragons with a lot of their players, all of their players, and now they really need to rebound, but without seven of their best 17. Very interesting times. What I'm going to do now, I'm going to pull up the full Manly Seagulls 17, and I'll do the same for the Roosters. I may as well start with the Roosters, at fullback, James Tedesco, captain on the wings, Daniel Tupo, and round 19's rising star nomination for not just a sports report, 
in Joseph Suwali. In the centres, Joey Manu back on deck and Paul Momorowski. Luke Carey, Sam Walker in the halves. Jared Warrior Hargreaves, Lindsay Collins up front. Sam Verrill's named to start at dummy half with Angus Crichton, Nat Butcher and Victor Radley in the back row. On the bench for the Roosters, Connor Watson, Egan Butcher, Drew Hutchison and Matt Lodge. Very interesting there. As for the Manly Seagulls, Ruben Garrick at fullback. On the wings, two debutantes, Alfred Smalley, who has been in the Manly system for ages. He played under 20s for them, never really got a start. He's played in New South Wales Cup level for them. And now he gets his opportunity. So fucking oath. Good on him. Enjoy your debut, Alfred Smalley. And the Fijian, Pio Secchi, on the wing. Very interested to see how he goes. He's going to line up. And yeah, he doesn't even have a picture. He's a journeyman. He's been to heaps of clubs as well. All over the place. So good on Pio Secchi. He's making his debut. In the centres, Morgan Harper and Dylan Walker. Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans in the halves. Big week for DCE, been through a lot. And as the captain, his job is to bring everyone together. So to make sure that, yes, he's been very inclusive this week. He's driven a strong, positive message. But I think he'll also be the kind of guy to make sure he has his arms around these seven players who have been left out, who are having a lot of hate thrown their way. And in my opinion, as I said, this whole situation, it's bigger than these seven players. It's a lot bigger and they've kind of been made the face of it so yeah i can't really go into too much more detail i've spoken about it plenty in the front row for the seagulls marty to pal taniella paseca and lachlan croker at dummy half in the back row andrew davy jake trebojevic and ethan bullimore comes into the side kurt de lewis on the bench james seguiaro there you go. This is this is going to be such a fun game. I cannot wait to sit down and watch it. James Seguiaro finally making his return to rugby league. Congratulations to Segi. Say that like I know him. Never fucking met him. Morgan Boyle plays his first game of the season. And if he plays anything like his sister, Millie Boyle, on this weekend and tonight's game, well, holy shit, Roosters are going to have their hands full. And Zach Fulton. Grandson of the immortal Bozo, Bob Fulton, Zach Fulton to make his NRL debut. Hugely special moment. This will not be overshadowed by everything that this has gone on. Like we may look back and say, Zach Fulton, that was the game he debuted. He could be a very quality talent. So excited to see what both of these teams can do. And it's been a huge week for Des Hasler. You've got Trent Robinson opposing him. Two of the best to ever do it, especially when it comes to the modern day game. This is going to be one of the great games to tune into. Intrigued, very much so, as to what happens as a whole. How are Manly going to perform? We will have to see. And my key battle, that is in the halves. You've got Daly Cherry Evans and Kieran Foran. A premiership winning, first choice combination that is huge. They are going to have to absolutely lift to another gear, given the team around them. They're going to have to get everyone going. DCE is going to have to direct his side around the park when combinations are going to be all over the place. Then Karen Foran, 
He's going to be not just a big point in defense, but attacking-wise as well, he's going to have to make sure that he is a constant threat against a great defensive side in the Roosters. And opposing them, you've got Sam Walker and Luke Carey still waiting for that really big game from them up against a top side. This could be it. I know Manly aren't at full strength, but very curious to see how Luke Carey and Sam Walker go in this one. For my MVP, James Tedesco, he's in the running for not just Sports Report, NRL Player of the Year, and my point of difference, the return of Joey Manu. He is a threat all around the park, potentially wasted at centre, but when you look at their depth and the injury of Billy Smith and the likes and how centre has been a bit of a tricky position for them this year, I think Joey Manu in the centres, it's a timely time to shift him in there. And in my opinion, this game, the biggest talking point surrounding this week. Don't forget that it's women in league ground. And don't forget, I'm going to make a prediction. This is the weekly preview. There are predictions sprinkled in there. And my prediction for this one, I'm going to go the Sydney Roosters. It's this one, it's, yeah, I just think they'll be too strong. And I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I do think they'll be too strong. So taking the Sydney Roosters in this one, now it's time to move on to the Friday action. On to the early Friday game now. And thank goodness, footy is back at Mount Smart Stadium. Although not thank goodness, having flashbacks to Anzac Day. Went to the game this year, 70-10. to 10. And now we see the rematch. The 13th placed Warriors hosting the 5th place Melbourne Storm, who are on a bit of a slide at the moment. Four straight losses for the Storm, including the Rabbitohs last Saturday. And for the Warriors, it has been abysmal. One win in their last 10 games. That was in Auckland, and that was up against the Tigers. So not the greatest result. Tigers sitting last, so for context... We had the Raiders game last weekend as well for the Warriors, and they just faded out. Good start, uh, but yeah, that's about what I expected, unfortunately. Although in this one, the Melbourne Storm are vulnerable. They've been struggling to kind of put things together. They have the toughest injury crisis across the entire NRL competition this year. But they're up against the Warriors, who... Just like every year, very mediocre, especially when it comes to crunch time. A lot of the time, by this point of the season, we're either straight up out of contention, or we're lingering in like 10th or 11th, trying to work our way in. This year, once again, we are out of contention, seeing as well that Eli Katoa, he could be on his way out of the club. In fact, that seems very likely. Two clubs chasing him, the Melbourne Storm, so it would be very interesting here if he plays. Um... And of course, the Dolphins. So potentially he goes to the Dolphins. But Storms, well, could use him. So Eli Katoa, once again, Warriors letting go one of our young back rowers last time we did that. Um, uh, what was that guy's name? Um, ah, Isaiah Papali'i. That's right. That was the last guy we let go. Um, no big loss. He's only one of the premier back rowers of the competition. So we move on from that. Hopefully Eli Katoa... Uh, doesn't burn us like that. Also, for the Melbourne Storm, David Nofaluma 
coming over on loan. A lot of conjecture around this, but I like it. Like any team in the competition can do it. A lot of people just don't like it because it's the Melbourne Storm. But I think it's fun. like, honestly, Pappenhausen is such a huge loss. They've got George Jennings out, Christian Welch, Xavier Coates has been out, Remus Smith. And yeah, like there should be a responsibility to promote from within your own ranks. But at the same time, the Melbourne Storm every year is a premiership window for them. So they they can't afford to just, you know, risk these young players who maybe it's going to stunt their development. So it is interesting to see the Melbourne Storm situation here. I actually really like David Nofaluma coming over on loan to the Storm. He's never played in a final series, so that looks like that will change. And I just think it's good. Like... Nick Meaney's going to be playing fullback. Nofaluma out on the wing. And once Xavier Coates comes back. Because, yeah, like Grant Anderson and Dean Eremia, they haven't been having the greatest run in the last few weeks. And it's not strictly on them. They are young players within the squad. But having someone like David Nofaluma come in will just make such a huge difference. I really like it. If it was my side, the Warriors, and we were actually in contention... And we could pick up David Nofaluma in a situation like this. I would love it. Storm, they let Tigers have Harry Grant. And yeah, that was a deal for Paul Momorowski. But they let the Tigers have Harry Grant for a full season. I think there's kind of some kind of positive relations there. And look, Nofaluma, it'll be great for him to go over, get some experience at the Melbourne Storm. He will be a better player for that. And then he will come back to the Tigers, you would have to assume... And he will link up with Tim Sheens and the rest of the crew. So exciting times for both the Tigers and the Storm, in my opinion. But the Storm, they are losing track of the top four. As I said, every year is a premiership window. And they have to make every game count from here on out. If they lose this, there is a very real chance they could miss the eight. But I think we we all know, right Melbourne Storm off at your own peril. I still think, whilst they won't win the Premiership this year, in my opinion, I still think they're going to be right in there when it comes to the final series. But they do have to make some adjustments, which is kind of what we're seeing with the David Nofaluma situation. Looking at the teams, Storm only have the one change. Jordan Grant comes onto the bench. And for the Warriors, Reese Walsh named it fullback. Very intriguing from the bench. Back to fullback, Chanel Harris-Tavita to 5'8", and Dejan Arce is out. Uh, okay, yeah, why not? I guess we're just, we told the Storm, like Storm tried to take Reese Walsh, and I honestly, I thought that would have been fine, but yeah, Reese Walsh is playing fullback for us, I guess the club, they want to, you know, let him see it out in Warriors colours, but unfortunate that he's leaving. Unfortunate Reese Walsh, but he will play fullback in this one. My point of difference for this early Friday game is going to be defense. For the Melbourne Storm, it's an area where they've always been really quality, but in this last four weeks, they've faced a considerable. I can't even. I've faced a considerable drop off in my English. My bad. We digress. They've faced a considerable drop off in their defense. Which, if they were coming up against a better side than the Warriors, and they're my team, so I don't even have to say respectfully. Like, I mean that respectfully. But if they were facing, like, a top eight side, I'd be like, okay, Storm could be in real trouble here. 
But I think defensively, Melbourne Storm, this should be a game that helps them get back to their best. And my key battle for this one, that is the halfback position. I've got Jerome Hughes, the incumbent halfback for the New Zealand Kiwis, a premiership winner, up against Sean Johnson, who's returned to the Warriors this year. Hasn't gone the way we had hoped at all. Although now he's back in New Zealand, this gives him a chance to settle. Interested to see, given that, let's face it, Sean Johnson, he lost that halves position for the New Zealand Kiwis to the very man he'll be up against in Jerome Hughes. Storm in this one, I think they're going to have a little bit too much strike power and a bit opposite for the Warriors. I think they play quite slow. And whilst we do have strike, I can't see us... Like, it is a danger game for the Storm, but I can't really see us winning this one. You have Craig Bellamy, who's trying to get himself set for a premiership push and a very, very late scramble as well, given everything that's going on. Up against Stacey Jones, the interim coach. And yeah, Warriors, the season's basically a write-off. I know it's not to the fans and to the players and to Stacey Jones himself, but realistically, looking at the ladder, to me, it's a bit of a write-off. MVP in this one, Cameron Munster. I, I think he's in for a big game. He always is. And he tends to, like, allow Pappenhausen, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant to do their thing. He doesn't try to be totally dominant. But with Pappenhausen out, this could be a really good game where Cameron Munster totally stamps his authority on the contest. In my opinion, cannot trust the Warriors. I'm going to be taking the Melbourne Storm in this one early Friday. Storm over Warriors. And if Melbourne lose, then alarm bells will start ringing. Then I'll start to be concerned about just exactly where the Melbourne Storm are at. Gotta beat the Warriors in this one. I think they will. Storm over Warriors. Leading us into Friday and our game of the round. Friday night action now. This is round 20, Women in League rounds, game of the round. You have the inconsistent, but still potentially premiership contenders in the seventh placed Parramatta Eels, who whilst they could be premiership contenders, they could also fall out of the eight with a loss here. Uh, I don't know if they'll fall straight out of the eight, sorry, but this could be what triggers a slide out of the eight. So this is huge for the Eels. We know that they could be premiership contenders. They've beaten the Melbourne Storm. They've beaten the very side that they are up against in this game of the round. They are the only side to have defeated the first placed Penrith Panthers. This is gonna be massive. If the Eels do it again, that is gonna change the whole face of the competition. And for the Panthers, they will remember that Eels loss and I think they're going to be a lot better poised to come out and deliver on the big stage this time around. We've seen as well Jerome Luai out until mid-finals. That is a massive loss. They reckon up to eight weeks. So we see Sean O'Sullivan, he comes into the side. But that is a really substantial loss. Jerome Luai out. I think they'll be able to cover it. But damn, yeah, that all of a sudden does make the Panthers a little bit more vulnerable, although they've shown all year that they do have the best depth in the competition. Eels, the only side to beat Penrith, but they're coming off that loss to the Broncos at home, where they just were very ordinary. 
So it's been a case all year of we know they can beat the best sides, but then they have these games. They lose to the Broncos, they've lost to the Tigers, Bulldogs, and it's just hard to get your head around because you know that the Eels can make a run for the Premiership, but I don't think they can do it from 7th or 8th place. And the inconsistencies in their season have been what have plagued them. As for the Panthers, they downed the Sharks. Sharks scared them as well. That was right to the death until Jerome Luai scored a clutch game-winning try. Huge moment. And now Jerome Luai, as I just mentioned, out until about mid-finals. For the Eels, they are premiership threats, but as I said, not if they finish in that 7th or 8th position. There is vulnerability in the Panthers, although Sean O'Sullivan has done excellent when stepping in for either Nathan Cleary or Jerome Luai this uh, this season, this series. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, And Panthers, the back-to-back premierships, they well and truly look on. You have Ivan Cleary up against Brad Arthur. And an interesting game all around. Moving into the team news, as I mentioned, Sean O'Sullivan in for Luai. You have Stephen Crichton out as well after that really nasty head clash. Robert Jennings comes into the centres, a young Penrith junior, the youngest of the three Jennings brothers, and still a very quality player. Dolphins bound next year, but Robert Jennings into the centres for the Panthers. And we see Moses Leota named amongst the extended reserves. He is expected to start in this game, or at least come off the bench. So that will be a big inclusion for the Panthers. For the Eels, Jake Arthur is out. Bryce Cartwright comes in, and that might be a nice little edge coming off the bench. Bryce Cartwright at his best? He's a very dangerous player. Key battle for this one, I've got Mitch Moses, who's having a blinder of a season, which is kind of overshadowed by the fact that his side have been so inconsistent, and him as well at points. Up against Nathan Cleary, Mr. Consistency, this is going to be a really interesting battle. And if Moses gets up over Cleary again, wow, like that will totally change the context of the season. Most valuable player in this one, I've got Dylan Edwards. Now this might not be monetary wise, but I've got Dylan Edwards as the Panthers' most valuable player. I've just loved what he's had to offer all season, and I think he'll be able to pop up and post him attacking threats for the Panthers. Point of difference, I've gone James Fisher-Harris. It's going to be hard for him going up against Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paolo, and potentially Marty Tapao. That's what's being floated, that he is off to the Eels, or he's asked for a release from Manly. Uh, But point of difference in this one, I've gone James Fisher-Harris. He's a leader up front for the Panthers. And ultimately, I think this is going to be a really close one, but I'm taking the Penrith Panthers. Eels are a danger game. They are the only side that have defeated the Panthers this year, as well as beating the Melbourne Storm this year and twice last year. So they have this real knack for beating the top sides. But at this point... It's just like, how do you go against Penrith? Anytime I ever have, they've won. So I'm going to go with the Penrith Panthers in this. They are clear on top, but for the Parramatta Eels, they need this. For Parra, if they lose, oh, 
Whatever way it goes, the season is about to be shaken up big time, taking the Panthers over the eels. Now let's launch in to our Super Saturday fixtures. Alright, kicking off Super Saturday, we are on the Gold Coast. Or well, we are not, uh, but yeah, maybe you are. I'm not. I would actually love to be on the Gold Coast right now. The weather, but that that's that's a different point. I tell you who may not want to be on the Gold Coast at the moment, and that is the 15th place Titans. Not a vape-friendly zone as well. They are in spoon contention. Hosting the 10th placed Raiders in what is definitely a danger game for Canberra. A loss here could really unravel their season, but a win? This could be a great run. This could be a great run, and this is such a must-win fixture for the Raiders. So on the Gold Coast, kicking off Super Saturday, 15th place Titans, 10th place Raiders. Raiders coming off that win over the Warriors, where they went down early, did the Canberra Raiders, but they performed well in the second half. They'll need to be on for the full 80 here. Something tells me Gold Coast Titans, they're going to present their best showing in quite some time, although they did get owned last weekend up against the Bulldogs. So hard to tell, very hard to tell. Titans spoon contenders, eight straight losses. The future of Justin Holbrook now, who is a great coach, that's up in the air. It has real basket case vibes to it. Whereas for the Raiders, they just need a strong and consistent run home. They have the best, arguably, out of all the sides competing for that eighth spot. And then you, if you want to include like the Eels and the Rabbitohs as well, well, probably the most favorable draw to the Raiders. So they need to have this strong run home. Every game from here on out is must win. And they need to treat the Titans as though they are a top four side. They can't come expecting that this is going to be a wooden spoon Gold Coast Titans outfit. You've got to expect the best from them. So Ricky Stewart, he's going to have the boys up for this. They are going with the same 17 that they rolled with last weekend. And for the Titans, I really rate this move. Tino Fasumalawe moves to prop and Aaron Clark into the lock forward position. I think Tino is awesome just as a straight up front rower. For the time being and Aaron Clark playing definitely his best football looking far more creative as a number 13. He was a 5'8 halfback before he was moved to dummy half as a young Warriors player also spent time as a Canberra Raider actually um, but yeah I, I, he's like a former half and he plays and defends in the middle playing in the nine jersey so I actually really like Aaron Clark to lock that sees Isaac Liu move to the bench. And we also see Brian Kelly back, moving Corey Thompson out of the side and Patrick Herbert shifting onto the wing. My key battle in this one is going to be the middle forwards, specifically Tino Fasumalaawe up against Joseph Tarpane. Those are the two absolute key middle forwards for their sides. Point of difference, Jamal Fogarty. I mean, the Biggest loss for the Titans this year. He is in Raiders colours and I think he's going to deliver a big game. Also kicks the goals and is an experienced head. So major point of difference is Jamal Fogarty. 
MVP Jack Whiten. I think as the Raiders start to get going on this run home, it's time for Jack Whiten to do the same. And I must say, Raiders are my second team, so I will say I am biased. I think the Titans could be a danger matchup, but I'm excited. I can't cheer my Warriors on for finals contention, but I can cheer the Raiders on. So taking the Raiders to win over the Gold Coast Titans. Now let's move on to what's next on Super Saturday. Up next, I'm gonna jump in to one of the biggest games of round 20 as the third placed Cronulla Sharks host the surging Rabbitohs who sit in sixth spot. There are major top four implications surrounding this one. For the Sharks, they have top two ambitions. They are right in the mix. And if they get that, I know a lot of the sides in finals will be Sydney based anyway, so it's not as big of a deal as say if the Cowboys or Broncos finish in that second spot. But for the Rabbitohs, and the Sharks, this is such a major chance. The Sharks finish in top two and they can have home finals potentially all the way to the grand final, which would be in Sydney. So that is a big deal for the Rabbitohs. The top four is not lost on them. They are right outside. The whole competition and the landscape is beginning to shift and the Rabbitohs, they are peaking at the right time with the return of Luttrell Mitchell. Last weekend, the Sharks, look, they took the Panthers all the way, but it was a Jerome Luai try at the death that got the Panthers home. And for the Bunnies, they got their fourth consecutive victory up against the Melbourne Storm, who are definitely dipping. So very contrasting between the Rabbitohs and the Storm at this point. You have two rookie coaches in this game up against each other. And I say rookie uh, in quotation marks because Craig Fitzgibbon has more than served his apprenticeship at an elite level, as has Jason Demetrio. This is their first year in charge of the new outfits, and both of them have their sides in top four and premiership calculations. A great start, successful start, you'd have to say, but this game is going to be massive for both seasons going forward. For the Sharks under Craig Fitzgibbon, it has been an awesome season. I always felt like they were going to become a team like they are now, but I didn't think they would do it this quickly. They've put all the right pieces together. I have been so impressed with Craig Fitzgibbon as the coach. The Sharks players that were already on the books under John Morris, who I also rate John Morris, he's an assistant at the Rabbitohs as well, funnily enough, going into this one. Um, but yeah, the Sharks players, they've just lifted to that next gear. They've signed some quality players as well. Nico Hines, Dale Finucane, Cameron McInnes. And I'm just so impressed with what Cronulla are doing. As for the Rabbitohs, it's been very inconsistent up until lately. And yeah, there was a lot of talk that they weren't the same side. No Wayne Bennett, no Adam Reynolds. A bit of a flat start coming off being runners-up last year. But now they are peaking at the right time. They are still in top four calculations. And the South Sydney fans, like, they will remember how close they came to being crowned the Premiers last year. And albeit 
There have been changes in the coaching personnel in some of the key positions. Ultimately, the Rabbitohs, they want to get back there and they want to go one better under Jason Demetrio this season. One guy that's definitely going to help them, Alex Johnston. If he scores a try in this game, chuck it in a multi for sure. He will reach the top 10 all-time NRL try scorers list. I've spoken about AJ before. He, he definitely seems like he could be poised to break the all-time record. Very, very wild stuff. So we have a legend in our midst in Alex Johnston. And speaking of South Sydney legends, Sam Burgess has committed, it seems, allegedly, that he is going to coach as an assistant next year at the Rabbitohs. So that is huge news, a major boost for South Sydney. And they're starting to build, and they're getting things going at the right time. Looking at team news for this one, Dale Finucan out for the Sharks. That sees Cameron McInnes start at lock, and someone will come from the extended reserves, maybe Aiden Tolman or someone like that, onto the bench. For the Rabbitohs, Mark Nichols is out. That sees the new midway through the season signing, Daniel Saluka Fafita, who came over from the Roosters. He starts in place of Mark Nichols. That leads me to a, a pretty relevant battle. That is the key battle between the middle forwards. For the Rabbitohs, you've got guys like Totola and Cam Murray. Then you've got someone like Daniel Saluka Fafita, who is stepping up big time here. And opposing them, you've got the Sharks pack. Toby Rudolph, who is a gun. Royce Hunt, one of the most improved players of the season. And you have Cam McInnes as well. Very crafty in the middle. My MVP for this one, Latrell Mitchell. How could he not? He has got South firing. And point of difference, Nico Hines for the Sharks. Up against Lachlan Elias, who's starting to grow into that South Sydney halfback role. But I just think Nico Hines, that is a real point of difference. He is an established marquee star halfback. In my opinion, this is a 50-50 game. I think it's going to be a 1-12 margin, in my opinion. Tight game. And I'm going to take the underdogs. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, not with heaps of confidence. I'm more so just keen to sit down and ultimately just watch and see how this plays out. Very impressed by both this season. Honestly, more impressed by the Sharks overall. But I'm going to go with the South Sydney Rabbitohs here. I just think they're starting to hit their stride. They have so much to play for. And a lot of those players can lean on the pain of losing last year's grand final. I'm taking South Sydney Rabbitohs over the Cronulla Sharks. That is going to be one of the best games of the round. And then that will lead us into the Saturday night game at Suncorp Stadium. You've got the fourth placed Brisbane Broncos hosting the very, very last placed West Tigers. Rapid predictions coming up. I did a pretty rapid one for the Tigers game last weekend, and they actually should have won against the Cowboys. So full respect to the Tigers. But in this one, I have been so blown away with what the Brisbane Broncos are doing. And after that statement victory over the Eels to break into the top four, my prediction for this one is pretty straightforward. I'll jump more into the chat around this actual game. 
in the NRL Power Hour podcast, which will come out on Sunday. But for this one and the next game as well, I've got a couple of rapid picks. And for the Saturday night fixture, I've got the Broncos over the Tigers. This one seems straightforward to me. Although I was very impressed by the Tigers' performance last weekend. I just think the Brisbane Broncos, they are on another level at the moment. So taking the Brisbane Broncos over the West Tigers, leaning into a Sunday game that unfortunately doesn't have any top eight connotations. But we've got a Bulldog side who all of a sudden are turning things around really well. So let's get into the Sunday action now. NRL Round 20 Preview. Hosting the Bulldogs on Sunday. This is a very tricky game to predict given that the Bulldogs have had major improvement. Really happy with how they've kind of picked up from a really devastating start to finish strong this season. For the Knights, they've regressed. You've got the Callum Ponga issues as well with concussion. Very unfortunate. Adam O'Brien under pressure. For the Bulldogs, you've got Mick Potter doing an outstanding job with rumours that Cameron Seraldo on the way. So potentially some very great times ahead for Bulldogs fans. For the Knights, there was talk maybe next year, Bradman Best to be shifted out onto the wing to get some more involvement. I'd be interested in that. I think he's still pretty good in the centres, but that remains to be seen. Neither of these sides a chance of finals this year. So, in my respectful opinion, I think I'm more interested to see how the dogs go, but I'm not particularly interested in this one, and I'm going to take the Knights. I know the Bulldogs are the favourites, but I'm going to take the Knights. They're at home, and yeah, this one, um, yeah, just see how it goes, I guess. But with all respect to both fans of both clubs, to be honest, I'm not that interested in the Warriors games at this point in the season either, but... I'll jump into what actually happens in full in the Power Hour preview on Sunday. So taking the Knights over the Bulldogs, let's now get in to the final game of the round. Sure to be a big one as well. You've got the 11th place Dragons still in touch with the finals and a real chance to maybe, just maybe, make the run of a lifetime on the back of their captain in Ben Hunt. Make or break time for the 11th place Dragons as they host the biggest improvers of the season in surprise premiership contenders, the second placed North Queensland Cowboys. Last time out, we saw the Cowboys very lucky to get away with the win against the Tigers. But a win is a win, and the Cowboys, 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 sit very clearly now in that second spot. As for the Dragons, they kept their season alive with a huge win over the Manly Seagulls last weekend. We saw the captain, Ben Hunt, once again takes charge. He is absolutely clutch and integral. No doubt Cowboys going to be looking to shut Ben Hunt down throughout this entire game. But St. George, they are still on their quest. They cannot afford... Afford? Far out, what's going on? They cannot afford to lose this weekend. There we go. 
But if they do, yeah, that, that could be it. But if they win against the Cowboys, all of a sudden, you never know. All, the, all that you need is to be in that final series and you are in with a chance. But they've got to beat the Cowboys. North Queensland shocking everyone this year. They are now genuine premiership threats. And in my opinion, Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend are 2022's best halves pairing. That's saying a lot, but I just think they complement each other so well. For the Dragons, I think all this pressure on Anthony Griffin is really unfair. He's got a tough draw, tough run home. Let the man coach his side through this period and then decide. It's such unnecessary pressure. And in my opinion, the Dragons are definitely a big chance in this one. An upset could be on the cards, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. They have belief that they can win a premiership. This, the, unless they have an origin hangover, I think they're going to perform much better than they did last weekend. I'm going to go with the Cowboys, but I can see Dragons winning. Taking North Queensland, though, in the final game of the round should be an interesting one. The landscape of the whole competition could change after round 20. And that is it from my preview and predictions. Do make sure to check in on Sunday. I will go through all the games from the weekend, chat on all the big talking points, NRL power this weekend. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well, at Not Just a Sports Report. And of course, follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. You'll be able to see as soon as the NRL Power Hour podcast drops. And next week, look, with this preview and predictions, I was given a really annoying work shift of like three till midnight, which it's annoying in the sense that I usually work early morning. So I had to do a couple of rapid takes for this preview. Next week's preview, every every game in length. So apologies to any Bulldogs Knights fans for the rapid preview or Broncos Tigers fans from next week back to full length previews. So that's the something to look forward to. And that's it from me for the NRL round 20 preview. Remember it's woman in league round, plenty to celebrate. And that's it. So until next time, take care of yourselves. And of course, enjoy the weekend's footy.